Thank you, UN. Right. You know what song we uh, you need to learn to play? Amber by 311. No. Mm. Blood of the Rose. Uh, the one that he talks Dear in Hunter. French and shit. Act two. Is it French or is it Spanish? I think it's Spanish, actually. It's a good song. Oh, my God. I picked up eight students this week. Oh, yeah? So you're a busy man. I've been pretty busy. Man, you're pretty strong. You picked up eight students. <laughs> nah. nah. Yeah. I'm on top form tonight. I, we, we can tell. Michael would have loved the last one I picked up because she was 15. Mm. Ah. <laughs> See what I said? <laughs> this motherfucker here. <laughs> All right. Here we go. You. Introducing the awardless winning podcast. It's the Intellectual Saviors with your hosts, the Pedo, Rufy Colotta, the Ginger Bear. I started going gay and then I had to stop myself. And the Pivot Man. You know there's something wrong when three white women run to a black man's arms and they're happy. You're smarter, better. They haven't won any awards, but they've won your hearts. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Intellectual Saviors. I'm not racist. <laughs> I'm so not. I, I love just people in general. We've been building a case for months now <laughs> with the opener. Holy fook bogged with the racism <laughs> all the time. Something wrong. <laughs> Something wrong with bogged. Oh, man. Do you guys do anything good for New Year's? <clears throat> Fuck you. Okay, I'll take that as a no. I worked. I didn't do shit. Me and the kid I hung out, watched a little movie. And worked New Year's uh, Eve and New Year's Day. I don't remember what I did. God damn, dude. We're too young to be this lame. Well, you I'm just, too young to be this lame. You're just too lame I mean, I got, to be young. I got invited to go yes. to a uh, to a party, uh, but then I neglected, or not neglected, I decided not to go uh, for a, a few reasons. A, it was an employee that invited me. <laughs> yep. Nope, can't do that. And B, she's not even 21, Ugh. so all of her friends are probably not 21, oh, yes. which means I'm going to be the creepy old dude at the party, walking yeah. around drunk off my ass, talking to 18 so to 20-year-old chicks. So you'd be like <laughs> in his comfort zone. You'd be like That's Michael, what he's trying to say. Really, at the end of the day. Hey, man. You'd be like Michael if you were trying to make it legal. I ain't trying to fucking I mean, hit on the 20 if you really look at it in relative terms, like it's, as far as the last girl that I dated, it's not that bad, because, I mean, she was only 22, so. That's what I said. It's really not that far of his comfort zone. <laughs> two years difference. It's right in the ballpark. <laughs> and then the girl before that was 23. <laughs> I might have a problem. No. That's prime. Oh, okay. Actually, you don't have a problem. Cool. 
Thanks for reaffirming it for me, guys. You have You're it. Welcome. Continue strong, Eric. We you, might be enablers, but <laughs> you have it right, sir. You have it so right. <laughs> hey, man, I'm kind of looking at that decade thing. If I could find about a 29 or 30 year old girl, that's about that's about right for me. I know that's like fucking going old for you, Boggs. Not really. You young. I'm, 20, I'm 26. Like. You little young man, you. Sweet little Boggs. He's so tiny and young. This is getting really weird. Yeah. <laughs> I think you're starting to go gay and you need to stop yourself. Oh, God damn it. Just reminded me of something. I had something for fucking Boggs. God damn you it. Had something for fucking me. <sighs> What? Huh? Was this you a had dildo? something for fucking bogs. Like think... you were going to fuck him with something, and you forgot the object in which you were going to. Isn't fuck him English with. great? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think exactly where, that's where I was going. But I have something. For, next time I'll bring it for you. Is it six inches? Um. Yeah. It's about six by three inches. It's about yeah six by three. Jesus. Very colorful. <laughs> we it, don't know how I feel about that. No, it's a my um, brother-in-law gave me a um, brochure that has all the gay bars and eateries and stuff in the Dallas area on it. Nice. And I was going to specifically give that to you because you and Andrew were talking about going down to the gay bars and stuff together a couple weeks ago. Okay, so he was talking about that to me. We were not having a discussion. Yeah, he was saying that you'd have a good time and you'd get a lot of free drinks. Yeah. And there's that. So I was going to give that to you so you know where they are. So when you guys went out, it'd be easy. You could just follow the little map on the brochure. Thanks for looking out for me. Now go to hell. Well, I'll bring you next time. Don't worry about it, buddy. I'll hook you up. Well, I hope on your way here you die in a car crash. <laughs> no, just first of all, that'll ruin the show. No, it wouldn't. Yeah, because you could easily replace you with another pedophile. Because Eric will be with me most likely. That would Ouch. take out two thirds of the fucking show. Then what would it be left with? Hi, my name's Boggs. I didn't do any research this week. <laughs> Have a nice week. Here, let me play you a guitar. You get the same song you got last week. We're going to play Death Cab. No shit. We're going to play Weezer. All right, we're going to go back to Death Cab. Well, I didn't do anything like it's on New Year's. It was pretty lame for me, but you guys know how like um, it's the thing now that... Not only do they have the, like the Dick Clark's Rock and Eve, everybody does their New Year's Eve fucking countdown show, but like CNN's been doing it for a few years, and now Fox does it as well. Oh, of course. And yeah. uh, it's so goddamn funny, dude. On uh, Fox, there's this fucking dude. His name's uh, Phil Keating. He's like one of their correspondents, and they're doing this live. And they always go down to the crowd and they start asking, and everybody's fucking drunk, and they start asking questions. So you know, it's just, it's a, it's just something bad waiting to happen. You know what I mean? You think they have a delay or something? Well, Fox is too fucking awesome for a delay, evidently. And um, they're gonna have you have to play this, Eric. I got a clip of this. This is the best moment to happen on New Year's Eve. I just want to point out that the Fox New Year's Eve special is called the All American New Year's Eve. Oh Jesus! <laughs> and then, because it's South Beach, it's Miami Beach, Florida. Things don't close at two o'clock in the morning like they do most of the country. It goes all the way till 7 a.m. inside. Well, hello there, tall drink of water. Happy New Year's, people. Happy New Year. Say, say right. something to the nation. We got five minutes till 2014, and we're gonna fuck shit up. Whoa, you gotta watch your language now. This is a family channel, man. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, have fun. Happy New Year. Get a. You know, that's a little bit of the adventure of live television, everybody. 
Everybody. That dude sounded like he was three sheets of the fucking wind, too. Everybody. It's five minutes to 2014. We're going to fuck shit up. It's all drink of water. <laughs> she's like behind him at the beginning. And she's like making faces and like fucking dancing or, you know, showing her. She's twerking and all kinds of shit. She's so just tore back. I just love the fact that he like bumped into her and turns around and starts talking to her. And then they go into panic mode. Is she hot? Oh, dude course yeah. I mean what do you think yeah. her and her friend just drunk whores on New whoa. Year's Eve whoa hey man I calls him like a season but I just thought that was the funniest fucking thing that was the most uncomfortable moment like I watched a little bit of uh, the CNN one with Anderson Cooper and that Kathy Griffin or whatever and everything about them is uncomfortable but nothing surpassed the Fox News fucking New Year's Eve all American spectacular though Sorry, I missed it. Oh, believe me. I caught oh, on after darn. the fact. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm not. I'm not really sorry I missed that. I just, I, but I agree with that girl, dude. That's what I want to do. I want to go fuck some shit up. That's what I'm going to do on the show tonight. Boggs, you gonna you ready to fuck some shit up? Yeah. He looks like it. Oh, he is so pissed tonight. People, you just don't realize what we're dealing with here. Yeah, he, for some reason, thought we weren't doing the show. Yeah. I'm, I'm in my slippers. For God's sake. I was about to go to bed. And he, we're totally doing the show. He's, yep. He's got <laughs> He's not going to play a song for you. He already said fuck that. Yep. So yeah. there pretty much goes half of Boggs's uh, contribution. contribution to the show. Boggs wants you to know that <laughs> he has problems too. Boggsy baby problems. Don't use my screen name. <laughs> <laughs> What's your password? Is it Boggsy Baby 2? Uh, I think it's fuck you, Michael. I hope you die a fiery oh death. God, man, there's so much. Wait, fucking wait, venom I wasn't done tonight. yet. I'm gonna have six to try nine that. six nine six 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 slash. Okay. I don't even Just know what he meant by that. Throw a curveball at the hackers. Yeah, basically. The slash particularly yeah. does a really good job. Mm. There's no capital letters in there. Uh I think every other letter. Okay. Well, we're good then. You goddamn guys. <laughs> All right. So I don't even know where to go now because I got... Well, just got I, can, I can talk about uh, somebody that we've talked about in the past. Let's, you take over for a second and then I'll tell stories. Uh, it's uh, Vikings ex-kicker, Chris, Chris Cluey. Oh, yes. I saw that story. Um, so after the 2012 season, he was uh, let go by the Vikings. And um, if you do not remember Chris Cluey, he uh, was very outspoken about his... Um, beliefs in equal marriage and uh just human rights in general um and it just seemed to be geared more towards uh like homosexual marriage and stuff um and he wrote letters to senators and all kinds of other stuff that said really shitty things about gays getting married um and so whenever he got let go he was asked a lot by reporters if he believed that his advocacy was part of the reason why he got let go um because he wasn't a bad kicker. Um, and he just said he, he wasn't going to comment, he wasn't going to comment, wasn't going to comment. And he decided to go ahead and write a piece for uh, Deadspin. Um, and it's titled, I was an NFL player until I was fired by two cowards and a bigot. <laughs> um, and so pretty much he goes into the fact that like the owner of the Vikings is one of the cowards. Uh, the head coach is one of the cowards. 
And then the bigot is his direct coach, the special teams coach, who said some pretty ridiculous things. And uh, Chris Cluey thought that it was specifically directed towards him, the comments, because he doesn't recall until after he started all of his gay marriage advocacy stuff that this coach started saying stuff. It was after the fact. And then the coach was just very forthright and forthcoming about gays are going to hell and people who support them are going to hell. My, my favorite <laughs> quote that he said was um, when he said that they should put all the fags on an island and nuke it. Yep. That's one of the great quotes yeah. by uh, Mike Pfeiffer, I believe his name was. Yeah. We'll go with that. Yeah. I don't know. So I'll say yes. <laughs> um, yeah. So that's that. <laughs> we got to get him on the show. Boggs work on that. Get a hold of Chris Cluey. Yeah. Just Make that happen. Wow. Okay. But speaking of the gays, since Eric brought him up, and la- since last year was the year of the gay, um, I found a thing. This is. Have you ever heard of the Advocate? No. Boggs. I'm surprised. It's a. It's a gay and lesbian magazine, and um, so one thing I want to point out is they made because we talked about this last week. They made Pope Francis their man of the year last year. What are they doing? Anyway, I don't want to get into it, but I just that little bit upsetting. But they put out a thing. It's the um, the gayest cities in the United States, or the San Francisco, the best cities. You just fucking hold on a second. <laughs> the best bing, cities bing, 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 for bing. gays to live in, I should say. Okay. Um, here are some of the criteria because I got to give this out. They'll help you guys out. Okay. You think about the criteria. <clears throat> okay. San Francisco. <sighs> cities that have LGBT elected officials. Okay. Uh, that have big time business and corporations that are gay friendly, equal have high equality index. Okay. They have transgender protection laws in place, bisexual resource groups, and marriage equality. So not Texas. <laughs> city, sir, city. So not a city in Texas. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. San Francisco? Not in the top ten. Are you serious? Wow. Amazingly wow. enough. In the top Let's 10. go with San Diego. You fucking wait. It's Eric's turn now. He said San Francisco also. You said it fifteen times before he said it. <laughs> fucking funny guys. Um I'm gonna go with uh, Portland. Portland, Oregon. Not on the list. Ooh. Damn. Wow. Delaware. That's a state. Yeah. Let's go with actually fuck Delaware. Let's go. I know there's a there's an official. Oh my god, <gasps> Boston, Boston definitely not on here. Damn, New York, New York City, not on here. What the fuck? I don't even know what's going on. We're striking out. Okay, you know what? You guys get. Come on, Let's man. One of you southern. fuckers have to get one of these. Atlanta, <laughs> <laughs> number nine. Are oh, you serious? Okay. <laughs> Can I get one more guess? Yes. <clears throat> Go south, dude. I'm going to go with uh, Minneapolis. Number 10. Ooh, man. Gotcha. So so close. Uh, Miami. Miami, Florida. You shut the fuck up. Your guesses are over. I'm done with you. Number eight was Madison, Wisconsin. Don't even ask. The fuck? Seven was Eugene, Oregon. The fuck? Okay. Number six, and I brought this up to you guys before, Salt Lake City, Utah. Oh, we should have uh, known yeah. that one because like, of the yeah. previous stuff. I got my buddy that lives there. And he See, that's just so foreign gay. as an idea for me. Hey, Utah, they got gay marriage now. Seattle's number five. Okay. 
Number yeah, four, I was gonna guess Seattle, Washington, D.C. That makes sense, actually. And that's not a state. That's not a fucking state. It's a city. These are I cities. mean, that's not, that's not even a fucking It's not even in the United States. It's still a city. No, it's not in the United States. I call bullshit on this. Me, me and Boggs won. We won. Hooray us. Number three is Spokane, Washington. Two is Springfield, Massachusetts. And the okay. number one gay city to live in. So when you completely turn Boggs and you decide you need to find a new place to live and start a new life, you might want to fucking pack your shit and head to Tacoma, Washington. And by the way, San Francisco is 17 on the list. See, okay, these lists need to have a few things. First off, they need to actually have fucking cities. Washington, D.C. is not one of them. It's not a state either. Not a state either. It's not in the United (laughs) States. These fuckers need to actually do the research. But is Um, it a city? No. By definition? No. Would it be a city? Um, What defines a city? And then, on top of that... It's they, a district. I, it's a I district just in used Columbia. my catchphrase. Did you hear it? On top of that? Yeah. <laughs> I do say that a lot. You say that every single time I see you. After you uh, after you mentioned that to me, I started listening to the episodes, and I'm like, whoa, I say Son that of a, a bitch. Lot. You say on top of that every time you make a point. Hey, man. Everybody's got their, it like doesn't a, matter, dude. It's your, it's your, it's your shtick. Everybody's got their crutch so. words. Um, <clears throat> they need to have criteria as to how... Like the population size. Oh yeah, that is, that is based on population. It's um, for cities over one hundred fifty thousand people. You didn't fucking tell me that. Like then the, I could have gone off the random. I'm thinking like major man. cities. But those are major. If it's over one hundred fifty thousand, it's going to be a pretty big city. Whatever. Oh my god, this motherfucker right here, acting like oh, if I'd known that, I would have got all the top. Yeah, 10 I of totally would have gotten Tacoma, Eugene. Washington. <laughs> I would have had Tacoma. Totally but had number Tacoma. one fucking guess. <laughs> What an asshole. As number one. <laughs> I can't believe that's number one. I Believe me, I was that with you guys. That does seem kind of random. I mean, Washington State is kind of pretty liberal. Oh, yeah. Uh, but Port- really, I thought Oregon. Portland. Portland, I would have thought, would have been the number one. Because I mean, Portland's like liberal as shit. Like, if you're not liberal, you're pretty much miserable as hell if you live there. The only thing I can say about the one they had on there for Portland, it's a college city. I don't know if that makes a difference mm. or not. They yeah. don't really give a shit, I'll say that. Well, there's just no caring concern towards politics. There's no caring. Right. Well, we'll keep it up. I like the lists. I yeah. Do the lists. This one's not really a list like that to guess with, but and not that this has anything to do with gays uh, because I just had that fucking list, but this is um, something that they put out that I found pretty fascinating. It's um, a report by the U.S. Consumer Pro- Product Safety Commission where Every year, you know, lots of people go to the emergency room because they have issues. And one of the big issues is about 24 out of every 100,000 people go to emergency room, uh, go because they have something wedged up their ass that they have to have pulled out. Let those people die. So what they've done is they put a list together of some of the things that they pull out of people's asses. <laughs> so I have, I have a great story uh, about somebody in high school that you're going to love here in a second. Keep going, though. Boggs, you could tell us personal stories off the air. You don't have to say it on the show. Oh, uh, the listeners need to hear this one too, though. Oh my goodness, it's pretty funny. Can we use real names? Are you gonna get sued? <clears throat> uh, no, we'll use fake names. I'll just throw a couple of these things out that I thought were pretty interesting. Um, that they found in people's asses: shampoo bottle, of course. When you slip in the shower, shampoo bottle goes up your ass. I see that. <laughs> um, a soda can. You a can, not a bottle. Soda fucking can. Now, soda bottle is on the list as well, but a soda can. Wow. That's impressive. I had one loose asshole. And then a Dude, flashlight. 
You know why they went to the hospitals? Because it crushed down and started stabbing them. That's Possibly. aluminum. Uh, flashlights on here because after the can gets stuck up in there, you have to get in there with the flashlight, try and find it. Uh, shot glass, of course. Who hasn't Dude. had that happen? Then the random one, like sock. <laughs> what? Was it sock with gerbil? <laughs> or is it just sock? <laughs> I, dude, I, <laughs> this is this is from the U.S. fucking commit. Whatever I said it was. It's it's this is fucking a real list, man. They put okay. this together. Um, and then there's the standard ones. You think vibrator? Of course. I mean, now that one makes sense to me. Yeah, that one makes the most yeah. sense out of all of them so far. I get the vibrator of someone's ass. You get that right, boss. Yep, I can understand. I can sympathize. No, <clears throat> you do. A toy submarine. <laughs> so. The wife and the child are not at home. I mean, I can. You're bored, and well, you see, does there's a metaphor like with who that too. Is going to the hospital with these ailments? Because I mean, that could be a kid. I mean, it doesn't break it down between the kid grabs anything they're putting in one of their holes. It doesn't break it between age or gender. It just that is totally making the highlight. <laughs> <laughs> a kid grabs anything he wants to put in one of his holes. <laughs> I like. Yeah, that. we're grabbing the time that Eric. I like this one. <clears throat> Two halves of a bar of soap. Instead of the whole bar of soap, this very specific two halves well, of a bar of soap. Well, I mean, when the hole gets in there, it probably breaks in half. Maybe that's it. And then they just DP themselves. So it's Start two panicking. holes. <laughs> two <laughs> halves. Fucking DP. See, I can, I can. The <laughs> <laughs> bar of soap. Yeah. I can, I can, I can understand that too because you got to clean it, right? I never, he's just, I never he's just double checking. Huh? Believe me, my ass is probably checking. pretty dirty because I'm not sticking bars of soap up in it. Um, this one to me was probably the worst idea of all of them, and maybe as painful as a soda can, but a pull ball. I'm thinking anything Ugh. that doesn't have a handle or something that you can pull it back out, you probably don't want to be putting it in there. I mean, maybe that, they're just like really trusting their anus muscles to just shove that shit right out again. Wow, fucking pull ball. I wonder which one it was. Yours would be the uh, eight ball, right, Bugs? Let's see. Oh, no, wait. You would go with the cue ball. You racist. All right. Um, and then a, a bottle Stop rocket. Stop driving that point home. A bottle, bottle rocket. rocket. Someone watched Jackass and decided to stick. They, evidently, they stuck it in the wrong way, though. See, I'm surprised they haven't done the whole found a condom with a uh, uh, fucking Hot Wheel in there. I can't see it on my glasses. <laughs> there's, a, there's a picture on the article and it's um it shows a, like an x-ray and it's of a candy cane shoved up somebody's <laughs> ass and it's got a perfect shape to it it's like how the fuck how did you how did you manage that let eric see that he'll love that i, I don't know if i want to see it no you do want to see it that's photoshopped <laughs> i don't know man it probably is um, I, I can't imagine somebody going dude i got it up there and i don't even think it broke i think boggs will be experimenting tonight he'll tell us so i have a, a list of my own here um, here we go. We're I not, we're not going to do the guessing game. Cause uh, we'll, I never not, get to play. We're not going to know these. I'll, I'll try and work on it. But All right. Um, did, I don't know if I mentioned it on the show. I know I mentioned it to you guys, but the Wisconsin Death Trip. Did I m- mention that on the show? Oh, that's a badass album, dude. Static X kicks ass. No, but it's... Uh, do you know what the actual <laughs> I know what it is. Wisconsin Death Trip is? Okay. Um, it's the thing with mass hysteria, and it got me thinking, and so I decided to do uh, some research, and I found the top 10 most bizarre cases of mass hysteria. <coughs> mass hysteria? Mass. Like just, just, roll with a mass. just roll with mass. Just roll with hysteria. Don't okay. fuck with him, dude. I don't mess mass. with you guys because I know mass. I do it. 
hysteria. Just let well, me know. No, we would both completely destroy you. It just it got so old because you did it all the damn time. I know. I kind of like how you guys just gave up. Number 10, <laughs> Mumbai Sweetwater. Hmm. Apparently, this happened in 2006. It was a phenomenon which resulted in Mumbai residents claiming that water from the Mahim Creek, which is one of the most populated creeks in India, uh, that the water turned sweet all of a sudden. Uh, by the way, it's one of the most pop, uh, polluted creeks because it receives thousands of tons of raw sewage and industrial waste every day. And people were drinking this. <laughs> and for days, these people were swearing up and down that the water was sweet. And uh, they did all these research and like there's no reason at all that it would have been sweet. But it was just some crazy ass thing where everybody thought that they tasted it that tasted it thought it was sweet and then uh after uh, about three days um all the devo- devotees that were saying that it was uh sweet all of a sudden said the water was salty again number nine tanganyika laughter epidemic this one's kind of funny 1962 uh believed to have occurred in a uh, classroom where a joke was told at a boarding school and the joke triggered a small group of students that started laughing. The laughter perpetuated itself, far transcending its original cause. The school from which the epidemic sprang was shut down because people just could not stop laughing. Parents were transmitted to surrounding areas, and other schools, like itself, uh, were put under lockdown because they could not stop people from laughing. <laughs> I think I know what the joke was. I think it was something to do with... Um What's the difference between Cub Scouts and Jews? I think it was something like that. And apparently there was some stuff uh, that happened as a result of this. Uh, People were, uh, they had subject to pain because they were laughing so much. Uh, People were fainting. There were people that had respiratory problems. People broke out in rashes. And then after the fact, people started having attacks of crying. Hmm. (laughs) That's kind of, I think that's kind of like people who listen to our show. <laughs> Number eight, Hindu milk miracle. Uh, this phenomenon was considered by Hindus as a miracle which occurred uh, on December 21st, 1995. Uh, before dawn, a Hindu worshiper at a temple in uh, South New Delhi made an offering of milk to a statue, Lord Ganesha. Uh, when a spoonful of milk of the bowl was held up, to the trunk of the statue, the liquid seemed to disappear, apparently being drunk by the idol. Uh, word of it spread quickly. Uh, mid-morning found statues of entire Hindu f- uh, pantheon in temples all over North India were all of a sudden drinking milk. Are they allowed to drink <laughs> milk? <laughs> I don't know. That's actually a good point. I don't, I'm not really sure. Huh. Perhaps um, we should actually do a show on Hinduism. And this one's that. pretty interesting. Number seven, the June bug epidemic. This happened in 1962 when a mysterious disease broke out in a dressmaking department in, uh, um, in a dressmaking department of a U.S. textile factory. Symptoms included numbness, nausea, dizziness, and vomiting. Word of a bug in the factory that would bite its victims and develop the above systems uh, quickly spread. Soon, 62 employees developed this mysterious illness, some of whom were hospitalized. Um, News and media outlets started covering the case, uh, but then when uh, the U.S. Public Health Service uh, Disease Center started looking into it 
and started doing tests on the people, they found absolutely nothing wrong with any of them. It was just some case where all of a sudden everybody thought that they were fucking getting sick and getting bit by this bug. Bunch of fucking hypochondriacs. It's like every time the bird flu hits here, everybody goes into panic mode. Um, this one is <laughs> kind of weird. Uh, number six, soap opera hysteria is what it's called. Um, in this Portuguese youth soap opera, which was very popular in Portuguese communities, obviously. Um, especially among children and young teenagers aiming uh, to depict the adventures of a typical Portuguese youth. In May 2006, an outbreak of this virus came out, which was on the soap opera. So it was a fake virus that the soap opera had. And then all of a sudden, people just started developing the symptoms of the virus that was on the soap opera. Uh, Over 300 students reported getting this virus. None of them died from it, even though they died on the soap opera. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Number five, the toxic lady. Gloria Ramirez, uh, who uh, lived in Riverside, California, was dubbed the toxic lady by media after exposure to her body and blood had sickened several hospital workers. She was rushed to the hospital in 1994, suffering from the effects of cervical cancer. Uh, medical staff who attended her all began to feel ill and eventually fainted. Gloria's body uh, excu- what? exuded a fruity smell, mm. and her blood <laughs> contained flecks of, flakes of some strange substance like paper. Yeah. The odd thing about the case is that those who handled Gloria's body and, or treated her, more women than men, suffered the ill effects. A f- fucking fruity smell and... And they had paper shit going through their blood? <laughs> no, they didn't. But <laughs> they reported that they saw this. Okay. But it wasn't true. So yeah. These are all things that where a mass amount of people believe it to be, and it's not. It smells right. like bananas down there, but it keeps giving me paper um, Number cuts. four, I'm not going to go into it because we all know the story for the most part, uh, but War of the Worlds. Mm-hmm. You know the story behind that? I know, like, the movie. I don't really know the story uh, behind Okay, so in 1938, oh, on a Columbia broadcast radio station, um, Orson Welles Orson. Um, directed and narrated an episode that was an adaptation of H.G. Wells' novel, War of the Worlds. The thing of it is, is that people that were listening to it thought it was real and started freaking out. Yeah. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> Um, number three is the monkey man of Delhi (laughs) where eyewitnesses, um, were being attacked at night by this monkey like creature. Uh, the thing of it is everybody claimed to have been attacked by the same thing, but all of the accounts were conflicting. Like some people would say he was four foot six. Other would say he's five foot six. Some people said he had a, uh, Metal helmet. Others said he had metal claws. Like, just crazy crap. Uh, This one's my personal favorite. Number two, the penis panic. (laughs) (laughs) I have that every fucking night after. Okay, so that should hit the highlight reel also. A penis penis panic is a mass hysteria event or panic in which male members of a population suddenly experience the belief that their genitals are getting smaller or disappearing entirely. Yeah. (laughs) 
<laughs> Unfortunately, I go through this a lot. Apparently, this has happened all across the world. <laughs> oh, it's still going on today. Most notable, most notably in Africa and Asia. But it's just these little local oh. pockets. All of a sudden, everybody thinks that there's like something in the water, Poor or there's some witch in the area, or something like that that's making men's penis disappear. Oh, we too low. And this is definitely the strangest case ever, and that's why it's number one. It's called the Dancing Plague. Um, it happened in ni- or 1518 in Strasbourg, France, uh, where this woman all of a sudden started dancing fervently in the street for no reason whatsoever. Um, then, after about four to six days, people started to join her. After a week, there were 34 people that had joined her. Within a month, there were around 400 dancers in the street just dancing nonstop. Here's the thing, and this is why it gets the list, because it wasn't just some like rave or something like that. (laughs) Most of these people eventually died from heart attack, stroke, or exhaustion. They danced themselves to death. I mean, that's hot if they're like strippers or something but just random that's pretty crazy and that that's where it gets weird is that it wasn't just like oh let's dance we're having fun whatever it, and people just like doing this this thing no it was some weird fucking thing where they could not stop it'd be badass if they're all doing like the thriller thing or something like all choreographed i don't think thriller was out then hey man man can dream <laughs> dun, dun, so yeah dun, 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 yeah dun, 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 dun. over 300 people that thriller. Died in 1518 from dancing themselves to death. Fuck them. Don't need them. <laughs> Does that sound like a white people problem to you? That's, no. No. That's <laughs> sounds like a white people problem. First of all, it's dancing. So, I mean, mm. seriously. It is in France, though. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's why they died from it. They didn't know what they were doing. <laughs> they were trying to choreograph. <laughs> it took them so long that they eventually you, collapsed and died. Because they never could get it down. <laughs> silly white people. Five, six, seven, eight, plop. God damn it, George. <laughs> Start it over. But we've been at it for a week and a half. From the top. <laughs> From the top. And a one and a two. <laughs> Man, can you imagine if something like that happened today? Just... All of a sudden, there was a mass amount of people out in the street just dancing, and they Does all. Does that remind you of Spaceballs when they burst through that studio door? Oh, and yeah. Collapsing <laughs> no, no, that's, and dying. That's Blazing Saddles. Dude. Oh, is it Blazing Saddles? <laughs> Give them a push. <laughs> what was it? I can't remember all the words now. I was like, "Stick out your tush." Something, something, yeah. something. Give them a push. Blah blah blah. You're doing the. <laughs> now, Boggs loved that part the most. It was that a pretty whole good movie. movie. I like Mel Brooks in general. It was a good movie. Had a lot of racial overtones, so. Yep. Also. Hey, man, he, right made up fun your of, alley. he made fun of everybody. The sheriff's a what? <laughs> All right. So, unfortunately, I'd love to say that this guy's top of the fucking charts for my man of the year for 2014. Unfortunately, this happened a couple weeks back, but um, let me tell you guys the story about Andrew Frey, 37-year-old man. In Oregon, so he probably, you know, hangs out in some of the gay spots that we were talking about earlier. He had a uh, meth-fueled weekend of fun, where it started off where he was uh, raising hell in a shopping center and got thrown out, and then he decided that he would go away from the shopping center and go to a little bar down the street 
called Iggy's Bar and Grill, where the bartender said that he took his penis out and started to masturbate at the front of the bar. Uh, they don't take too kindly to that there. It's not that type of no. establishment. Huh. Uh, good, wholesome family find, you know what I'm saying, Boggs? So they chopped it off and fed him to the wolves? No, but they did call the police on him, and uh, by the time the deputy arrived on the scene, Frey had moved from the bar to the toilets where he was still uh, allegedly pleasuring himself. Thoroughly. Um, <laughs> the sheriff's uh, d- deputy shot Frey with a taser multiple times, but it wasn't enough. Now remember, he's high on meth, so we... Keep that in mind. They shot him multiple times with a taser, but it wasn't enough to subdue him. Uh, he started fighting when the officer had to call for backup, and by the time that they finally riled him up, um, it took 15 officers from various police forces around the area to get him under control and arrest him. So this fucker, I, I, wrote, I put this on my Facebook, that this is how I want my 2014 to end. A meth-fueled fucking craze where I'm just whacking it like crazy in a bar. And fighting and off cops. Fighting off cops. <laughs> and I just love, this guy is the best because how impressive is that? That he was only, he was able to not only uh, beat himself off, but 15 cops at the same time. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> mm, mm, oh, oh. So. Oh, oh, get away from me, bitch. Oh. Andrew Frey. <laughs> my, my hero. A god amongst men. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Is he ever. I know we need to get this thing on the road. I saved one thing, um, unless you guys got something else, but um, the whole stink with the Duck Dynasty. I was talking to Eric about this. You know, that Phil Robertson, he made his little gay comments and his comments about blacks and stuff and got himself suspended for a whole nine days you know, from A&E. Um, and like I said, every time anything comes out about somebody doing something stupid, then everybody just goes apeshit trying to dig up anything they've done in the past. So they found a clip of him from 2009 where he was um, in front of the Georgia Sportsman's Ministry. It's like a hunting Christian event thing. And he's talking about marriage. And you might want to listen to this, Boggs. This is really good advice he gives about um, when you should find your woman. All right? Now that's a woman. (laughs) They got to where they're getting hard to find. Mainly because these boys are waiting till they get to be about 20 years old before they marry them. Look, you wait till they get to be 20 years old, the only picking that's going to take place is your pocket. <laughs> you got to marry these girls when they're about 15 or 16, they'll pick your ducks. I don't know what the fuck he said at the end there about picking ducks, what the hell that's supposed to mean, but um, I was telling Eric it's funny because you hear everybody laughing. You know, it's like, oh, he's telling jokes. You got to get them when they're 15 or 16. No, he actually uh, married his wife when she was 16 years old. So he, he means exactly what he says. And I have to say, after reading the um, article or some of the comments he made about the gays and blacks, I'm like, typical. I mean, it's exactly what you expect from this fucking redneck hillbilly piece of shit. But after hearing that, I think I'm starting to come around on Phil Robertson. I think he's, I think he's got some good, what, why are you looking like that Boggs? That's some good advice. And you get your nice 15 or 16-year-old Boggs. That's where you went wrong, Boggs. That's where you fucked up, Boggs. Oh, Boggs. Why is there silence? Why you guys do this? <laughs> so what's the topic? <laughs> trafficking, right? We're doing human trafficking? We are going to do some human Speaking trafficking. Speaking of trying to marry 15 and 16-year-olds. Is that what you're doing now? You're texting some 15-year-olds? You've been over there playing on your phone half the night. So human trafficking? 
<laughs> Hi, I'm Boggs. How old are you? <laughs> Who wants to start this? Uh, I guess I can. Good. It's fine. Um, so there's an estimated 2.5 million people that are forced into labor. That's including sexual exploitation mm. at any given time as a result of human trafficking. Um, of these, some of the figures, most of them are from the uh, Asia and Pacific region, about 56% to be exact, four point, or 1.4 million. Um, 10% are uh, from Latin America and the Caribbean, about 9.2 from Middle East and North Africa, 5.2 from uh, sub-Saharan countries, 10.8% uh, is from uh, industrial countries, that includes the United States. And then 8% are in countries in transition, which I don't even know what the fuck that means. I guess uh, it's like up and coming. Second world countries. Yeah. Up and coming. So yeah. like South America. Yeah, probably like Brazil or Argentina. It's places that are, you know, industrial without being superpowers. They don't get to control markets. Yeah. I would imagine it's places like that. 161 countries are reported to be affected by human trafficking by being a source, transit, or destination. Um. The victims obviously have a range of ages, but it seems to be that the majority are between 18 and 24 years old. Um, and an estimated 1.2 million children are trafficked each year. 95% uh, of victims experience physical or sexual violence during the trafficking. So even if they're not going for uh, any kind of uh, sex trade thing, they still experience it, even if it's just for like forced labor or something like that. Um, 43% of victims, uh, who are used for forced, uh, commercial sexploitation, um, 98% are women or girls. Um, 32% of victims used for forced economic exploitations, um, 56% of those are women. So it seems to me that women are getting screwed over in this big time. So out of the 43 Literally. that are used for sexual exploitation, 90% <laughs> of them, and then out of the 32 that are used for economic are Literally. 56. Um, and many trafficking victims have at least a mid-level education. So it's not just... The poorest of the poor. The poorest of the poor. Third. Yeah, it's it's a lot of people. Um, Here's where it, it, I, I was surprised by these numbers. I wasn't surprised that like it, females outweighed men as far as trafficked. Um it didn't surprise me that there's more sex trafficking than anything else. Mm -hmm. That was no fucking shock to me. Like those numbers weren't, these numbers were the traffickers. 52% of those recruiting of victims are men. 42 are women and 6% are both that. I was kind of surprised at. Yeah, I was too. When I saw that, I would have figured it'd be more like 90, 10 split instead of almost a 50, 50. And then even stranger, which I and even more disturbing to me uh, was that 54% of cases the recruiter was a stranger to the victim. 46, the recruiter knew the victim. That was a little shocking. That I was like, what the hell? So both of those. So it doesn't matter if it's a man or a woman, if you know them or not. Right down the middle is who's trafficking. That's I. I was pretty shocked by that. Well, one thing I read on that about the women, the reason there's so many is um, it's kind of like one of those things where 
they're almost forced, like either they're going to be the victims of it or they have no choice but to join and help recruit because, um, of course, like you said, like most of the time what they're trying to do is get other women and mostly children and stuff. And it's easier for a woman to kind of recruit them, bring them in because, you know, I mean, women just they are more trustworthy and you got that kind of motherly connection. It's so much easier for, for them to use, <clears throat> um, you know, women to bring Well, they're better in. bait too since they're physically like. Our, our view of women is that they're physically weaker. Yeah. So that's I, not a threatening person. Yeah. So, I mean, that's, it's kind of the thing. It's like, even though they're doing trafficking, they're still being victimized. Like they're yeah. forced to do the trafficking. So it's, it's a, you know. And you, you always wonder like, how can people get duped into this or whatever? It's like, sometimes it's not necessarily that, you know, obviously sometimes it's, they actually just get kidnapped and that's just how it works. Um, other times it's, um, Manipulate manipulation, you know, it's a, it's a slow process that gets them there. And then other times it's, they just drug the fuck out of them and just keep them drugged up the entire time. Yeah. I know. And like, when you're going over the thing, you know, like half of it comes out of Asia, which that I totally understand. Cause you always think of like, you know, Bangkok and Thailand, those areas and stuff where it seems like that's such a major area. But I was, I was a little bit surprised. I mean, even though it's a low number, like with the industrial countries, how high it actually is. You know, it's even not in, like a one percentile range. Yeah, yeah, I mean, you would think it would be hardly anything. But I mean, the United States, like they're saying, there's a couple hundred thousand. Oh yeah, we're not. You know, we're not much better at all right now. It's like I've got some cases. I'll, I'll save them for the end and stuff, just to kind of go over some of the cases they've tried here in the United States. Uh, they're kind of interesting. Did you want to go over the pro- the profit portion? The, uh, the money. The money involved is ridiculous. How much money comes out of this? I mean, yeah, we can. Um, Pretty much the estimated uh, annual profits made is uh, $31.6 billion. Uh, this is U.S. U.S. dollars. Um, 49% is generated from industrialized economies. No surprise there. Uh, see, I love that. We have the least amount. But percentage, we spend the most. But the most money. Goes, yeah. Yeah. 30.6 is generated in Asia and the Pacific. You, what, uh, that's got to be like sweatshops and stuff, right? I mean, you uh, think overseas, like I mean, I think it's prof- a mixture of both. Like our corporations profit from them, but the shit's actually yeah. happening overseas. That's what I would think. So you would probably get to draw a conclusion, maybe without proof at the moment, unless you want to continue with that. That Walmart has a lot to do with that too. I would think, yeah, any yeah. of those countries that or any any I'll, or companies, I'd say that I'll get, extend that further too, not just Walmart, but industrial companies that require sweatshop work. Require work that they're yeah. outsourcing. Any clothing company that yeah. does business over India or these other countries like that. I mean, those people. I mean, we hear, I don't know where it was not too long ago, just a couple months back where that, was it Bangladesh or something? Like that factory collapsed and killed all those people inside. I yeah. Mean, I mean, those people are treated like slave, which like China. What they do with the iPods and stuff? They were talking about, um, and those people, are, even though they're free to kind of come and go, I guess, there's no job, so these people have to take these jobs working in those factories where they work them like 16, 18 hours a day, and then they live like in, I wouldn't even say dorms, but like, you know, how they'll give them like, well, you live here and we'll feed you and stuff, but they try and keep them on premise so they can't, you know, they don't leave, and there's like four in a room, and it's this like a six-by-six six room, and they bunk bed them. You know, they were talking about that where they had to put nets up outside because people yeah. would just fucking say, fuck it, and throw themselves over and kill themselves, so they had to put netting up around the buildings and stuff. Jesus, that's for they were making iPods and shit. Go Apple, right? 
So I mean, we, I, I think we brought that up about the World Cup too, right? It, we probably said something about it. Because that's one of those things where it's like, hey, you come work and we'll get you all this money. Oh yeah. After the fact, and we'll hold on to your passport for you. Oh yeah, yeah, right. that's right. Nia brought that up. <sighs> yeah, it's. I don't know how much of this funnels into that, but. Well, I just I mean something like that. I think that even though it's not considered because they're working for the company, it's almost like they're in such bad conditions where it's like the only thing available to them. And then they're worked like fucking slaves. You know what I mean? I, I don't think it, it doesn't include on this. I'm just saying it's kind of an outlier of sort of what this is to me. Yeah. And those, uh, you do have to look at like the big sporting events and stuff that happen worldwide. Those also have a lot to do with the, at least the sex trafficking trade that's for sure oh yeah um i remember whenever the um super bowl was being played in dallas that the local uh law enforcement communities were upping their vice squads like crazy because apparently that's the big thing whenever the super bowl rolls in the town all of a sudden the sex trade comes out of nowhere and just like there's freaking cheap whores everywhere yeah i remember talking about that like they had um call girls coming from Florida, Louisiana. I mean, every state around, you know, they're coming to Dallas to be here that weekend for Super Bowl rink, uh, weekend. So, good time to be a whore. And I, I don't know the stats and everything, but I'm pretty sure that the Olympics and uh, other wow. things like World Cup are just as bad. Oh, yeah. I'm sure. Um, if not worse, because they're in uh, sometimes, you know, less industrialized countries. Not that saying that we're great, but we definitely have lower figures as far as people being trafficked. Um, but that doesn't mean that we are without our flaws, that's for sure. If you look at, uh, there's a Vanity Fair article that's really good. It's about uh, sex trafficking in America. Um, and uh, this one particular uh, woman that they interview, uh, she was put into a motel in central Connecticut and was used for sex trafficking and pretty much they just kept her drugged up nonstop. And the person that put her in that position pretty much just treated her like total shit and would call her a stupid bitch, a worthless piece of shit. And, um, she also, when she would be sober enough to like leave and go get something to eat or whatever, she would, uh, have to pretty much lie because, she would be so drugged up. She had no idea what the guys would do to her. And, you know, some guys are not exactly the most nice when they're with women and they rough her up and shit. So she would just have to like tell people that she fell down or something like that. And, uh, apparently she has a permanent twitch in her eye, uh, from being hit in the face so much. Um, and, uh, apparently the starting rate in America, uh, for this is 13, go us yep aren't we fucking fantastic so america's not any better <laughs> not any better at all i was gonna say i think the numbers like with the sex trade and everything i don't think that's as prevalent here i mean that's more of an asian issue but like i said i think with us it's more the forced labor but it's not in country I think we take advantage of other countries doing it. And, and we receive the profits. Yeah, that's why. That's at least what the numbers suggest. Yeah, I mean, that's why, you know, the numbers show that, oh, we're not that bad about it. Although, one thing I was reading is from the last couple year, the last year I was able to find numbers on it was 2011, where the amount of cases that they had in 2011, there was a 19% increase over 2010. So it's on an uptick even. Um, 
in this UN study, in the numbers that we're kind of going off of, the UN just did this comprehensive study on it. And I looked this up and I got a little clip. I'll have Eric play. It's because I, I, to me, I'm thinking to myself, how the hell can they get these numbers? You know, it's, I mean, how do you, it's like, you know, it's easy to do drug numbers and stuff so much. You can kind of get convictions and you know how many busts you have and seizures and you can kind of, you have a lot of data to go by to kind of put numbers together. But this, I, I couldn't understand. I'm like, it's, this is, such, it seems so subjective, but UN did a huge study on this. And so I pulled this out. This is actual UN uh, website had this clip and uh, the guy kind of explains how they put it together. It's pretty interesting. I'm currently with Fabrizio Sarica, research expert on trafficking in persons. Tell us a little bit about the process of collecting data on human trafficking. Collecting data on trafficking in persons has proved to be a difficult task. Curiously enough, uh, uh, information, especially official information, such as uh, criminal justice statistics, are not easily available. This is because, uh, first of all, we have uh, very low numbers. Criminal justice statistics or official data are aggregated into other crime categories. But also because formation on trafficking persons are often scattered among different institutions. And these different institutions might not be very well coordinated. We managed to cover 155 countries and territories. It's a great success. I have to admit we were not hoping to such a great coverage. The result is uh, entirely on the shoulder of our field researchers who were very committed in collecting this information at local level. And also the national authorities were very enthusiastic in providing the data. So, and I, they also had another thing I listened to as one of the ladies in Asia that did like the Asian portion of it. Uh, she was like, he's talking about the field reporters and that was her area. And she was talking about um, one of the big things was even like a decade ago, a lot of these countries only, I think she said like 30% of them had laws on the books for trafficking. Yeah. Whereas today it's like 80 some percent. So, I mean, a lot of the countries are making strides. Like for instance, in the United States, we have federal laws. Um, but as far as state laws go, every state has some type of law for trafficking, except for Wyoming. But it's like, who the fuck's going to go to Wyoming anyway? So I guess it doesn't matter, but I just thought that was kind of funny. It's like Wyoming's the holdout. Like, no, we're not going to fucking do it. You know, <laughs> we're going to be the lone one. But um, like I said, that's one of the big things that are really stepping up over the last decade, um, coming on board and seeing that this has been a major issue, especially with the youth. I think I didn't, I can't remember the exact figure, but like you're talking about the age and everything. Like they're talking about the average age of people being trafficked for all across the board is like 25 years old. But um, when you go to like the sexual part of it and stuff, it's like much, much younger. You yeah, know, it it's gets like ridiculously young. I mean, you're talking like in the low teens and stuff uh, on average for the girls. Boys could be a little bit higher, but uh, I mean, it's crazy. And, you know, that's like I said, that's United States. And I don't think people think of it. You know, so you're saying that the traffickers are taking the Duck Dynasty douchebags advice. That's why I said he. I just thought that's funny because we're, I was kind of researching, pulling numbers for this and some of the numbers we were looking at and then listening to this guy talk about how you got to get your girls at such a young age. I'm like, yeah, that's the perfect age if you want to put them in this, you know, sex trafficking because they're not developed and they're not in control of their lives yet and you can force them into it. And yeah, so sure. If you want to have a woman you can manipulate and do what you want to do with her, then yeah, 15 or 16 is the way to go there. Duck Dynasty guy, which is exactly what he was shooting for. 
So we need to look into him. Maybe he's doing some trafficking. Hmm. That's how they're making all their money. Yep. Duck, it's not duck, duck calls, calls my ass. Get on that, Boggs. Do some investigative reporting. I will. <laughs> I will do some investigative he, reporting yeah. on that. He looks like he's going to get a ride on that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he looks like he's about he, to fucking He's putting pass it out. on his docket right now. Boggs is so fucking Writing beaten. it on his little notepad. I don't know if you found better numbers in this. I think they were kind of on the same one, the UN site. Like, they've done the study now where they've put together, like, the numbers we were kind of looking at. But as far as, like, convictions, prosecution stuff worldwide, like, the earliest, or the latest numbers I could find were 2006. Yeah. And um, it said that as of 2006, this is worldwide, they had uh, 5,800 prosecutions for human trafficking. <laughs> this is across the board. And um, 3,100 convictions. Uh, it says that wow. for every 800 people who do trafficking, only one of them is convicted. So you got a good chance of getting away with it if you do it. So we need some quick money. I'm just saying. That's ridiculous. <laughs> what? <laughs> I mean, the stats don't show, so the stats show. It's a pretty profitable business, too. I mean, uh, as far as uh, capitalism goes, yeah, it's a good investment. There you go, Boggs. You want to make a quick buck? And that's where I come in. Um, <laughs> so I was, I was, after looking at these numbers and everything, I was just trying to think of human trafficking and where the problem stems and why it persists and all that stuff, and it's a pretty easy, uh, pretty easy answer. Um, the, it, you just have to look at the motive. The motive is not necessary. I mean, yeah, it's malicious behavior, but it's not maliciously. That's not what their goal is to go out there and just be a dick, just to be a dick. It's money, plain and simple. That that's mm-hmm. what it is. So then you have to look at as far as how can we change that? How can we avoid this? Because convictions, which obviously aren't working. <laughs> Um, and even if the conviction rate rose, it still wouldn't make a difference. Uh, so the next guy up, just like any other black market trade. Yeah. So how exactly can you change it? Are we about to have another autonomous unemployment discussion? <laughs> you have to change the culture of the monetary paradigm. <laughs> yep. You have yep, to. That's exactly what we're talking about. <laughs> the, 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 is there another solution? Um, Give me another solution. Please tell me how... Unless we change the way that we think about money mm-hmm. and the way that we operate with money, mm-hmm. how are we going to change the negative impact actually, that it has? To be to be fair to your point, I don't actually have an answer that planet. doesn't change change the way you do things. But I would honestly say it's more about inequality than it is about money, because if let's say all the people that are involved in this right now, and honestly we would probably need to start looking at figures about how much money they actually make like per person that they do this kind of shit with and like how that's structured. Cause like if the, if the, you know, lower employee dude is making what I'm making, then there's a legitimate way for him to make money. You see what I'm saying? Yes. But that's not what he went into. So a lot of it's like he knew a guy that was behind that and now he's kind of involved with it and it's easy money or whatever. But anyway, the point I was making is like socialism would probably not have quite as, big of an issue with this because everyone's on an equal playing field and there's a little bit less inequality, especially for like the American GDP. Like everyone in the country is pretty well off if it's equal across the board. It's not really like a, we're all, you know, socially equal and everybody's like at the poverty line or a little bit above it. It's like everybody's doing pretty well off at that point. If you have the GDP dispersed among people. So, but I do see your point. Like 
even in what I'm saying here, that's that's changing the monetary paradigm of America. Yeah. And there's not poverty in that paradigm. And, you know, the countries, like, especially, like, look at Asia. A lot of those countries have very, very impoverished societies and a very, very low end to their economic equality. So the first thing you would have to do is change that. I think if you change, but see, that's the thing is, like, if you change the equality boundaries a lot, I don't think you'll see very much crime. A lot of it will be crimes of passion. It'll be, like, it'll be things that hit the news again, right? Because right now it's it's desensitizing. Right now it's like somebody gets murdered in New York and you're like, don't go to New York. Ha ha. LOL. You All know right. what I'm saying? So I'm going to use the argument that a lot of people use in this scenario. Um, so if everything's equal, what's the motivation for somebody to work harder than another person? I mean, look at the society you would create in the circumstances that we just eliminated. Like, we just eliminated human trafficking. If that's actually the result of what you're getting, like, you eliminated a lot of crime, look at the society you can build. I don't really agree with this whole incentivized thing when it comes to shit like that. Like, Oh, no, I mean, I'm, you, I'm right with there, you. I'm yeah, playing devil's get, advocate. To get there to begin with, you're kind of a team player. So it's because you love whatever you're doing in your life or it's because you yeah. love the country you live in and we're provisioning for everyone. And I mean, like that's precisely have, why I think I you would think honestly, I think you would eliminate like you would eliminate racism. You would eliminate so mm. much about what? I don't know about racism. That's a different that's a different Dude, animal. Do you know how perpetuated that gets when it when you look at like the black populace and most of them are impoverished? Oh, no, but OK, but I think you're looking at it from a different angle. You, I mean, on a financial level, uh-huh. you're talking equality across the board. I get that. But if you're talking about changing the way people think about other people just by making everybody equal in a financial sense, that's not going to change. Well, not, I think, not I think over a that's generation like making people accept the case because you're still going to not immediately. You're still going to have religion and you're still going to have shit like that. That's going to totally cloud the judgment of, you know, Well, let me let me just speak on that. Then when it comes to the finances involved with that and equality, you're never going to have that as long as religions in society. They're too money grubbing. What 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 power does the Catholic Church have, if not financial power? Yeah, they are going like to be the starting up their own bank. Oh, God damn, you kind of got a point. <laughs> so, I mean, as long as <laughs> we're living in fantasy land where I can change things and make it, so, you know, but a even socialist type society. If you take the financial aspect out, there's still going to be like your Jim Jones type fanatics who are going to just want to be in charge of people and have people follow them. So you're still going to have the that kind well, of Well, sure. you also have to take into account that in this kind of a society, uh, what, what would be your biggest source of, of power pretty much? On this, <laughs> money wouldn't be it. So what would it be? In this society, it'd be bureaucracy, intelligence, all that too. But honestly, it would come down to bureaucracy. The thing, the problem with with uh, socialist societies in the past. Well, has that's been, why I also don't like government. <sighs> yeah, we'll get to that. <laughs> um, the problem in the past has been that, and, and really, you know, this is where you can start debating whether or not this is human nature. But it's not. Uh, I, d- I think it is. I think conflict and com- competition of resources. There's no is such human nature. thing as human nature. Okay. Uh, so the thing that's that's interesting about this is that most, and by most I mean all living organisms on the planet compete for resources. I've said that on the show before. Certainly, yes. So when you're in a socialist society, you don't compete over resources. Everyone's provisioned the same, and typically that's that's fine on like a local level, and it's fine. And by the way, this isn't actually socialism. This is communism. Um, at the government level, though, 
what ends up happening is you're the one who's in charge of dispersal of resources. So really, you're the one with the power. And that's why typically those communist nations don't last very long because they just start to develop into dictatorships because their bureaucracy grows, which a lot of people always make that case like, see, that's why capitalism is so much better. But do you look at America now and it's like you still compete for a huge bureaucracy. Like we've done the same thing in different terms with capitalism. I don't know why the fuck we're not talking about trafficking anymore, but because <laughs> I spun it into something deeper. But no, but you know the thing about the trafficking that I think we're trying to solve the problem. We're saying if we change the financial paradigm of things, yeah, I know. The thing well, is, there, there's more to it than just the financial. The paradigm, thing is, I don't he's think you're up the next point of it, which is government's not the answer either. So yeah, I well, don't think you're ever going to solve an issue like that because this is an issue of money and dominance. Well, government's and not displaying the answer. your dominance. Like we said, only 80% of countries, and most of those are the industrial ones, the ones that are the biggest offenders, those Asian countries, those are the worst ones as far as passing laws and their government actually being proactive and well, stopping see, the thing, this from happening. The thing that I will say about that, though, is the thing that this country has done really well in terms of it doing is it's kept people decently safe. You know what I'm saying? Like, we're not off the charts with this particular stat relative to an Asian country. Or it's yeah. like, you better fucking never go down a dark That's alley. That's because we... <clears throat> impose our will on anybody who starts to kind of rise up a little bit and show any balls. You know what I mean? Like any other country that starts to show that they're going to be an independent nation and be self-sufficient, we go in and like fucking slap them a little bit. No, no, no. We're the superpower. You'll depend on us. We will tell you if you can have these weapons or have this army or if you can do this specific thing financially. I mean, we, that's the thing that we keep everybody else kind of, I won't say down, but a lot of these countries, I think, that are developing nations and stuff with economic sanctions, different things that we do. It's like Iran. I mean, we're killing like Iraq. We killed Iraq. We put so many sanctions on. We held them down. And then when they mouthed off a little bit, we fucking fake a, you know, a reason to go in, have a war, knock them down another notch. And then we say, I think Look there's a great irony with that. They have weapons of mass destruction. It's like, don't we have a nuclear program? Don't you have weapons of mass destruction? But we're allowed oh, no, to. No, no, yeah. It's That's what I'm saying. We have to do as be we in say, not, not do as we do. So, I mean, we're America. We're number one. We're but I think that's one. the thing that you would really need to, to, like, realistically try to do is just make the world a little bit more equal and a little bit less skewed between rich and poor. Now I realize that their stats had rich people as well in the trafficking because really it doesn't matter. And I think uh, honestly a large part to that is probably strictly because they they don't need to discriminate on people like that. You know what I'm saying? Because they're not going to get caught anyway. Now we're the ones... One in 800 are the ones getting grabbed. Like that... Uh, the way that translates to a criminal mind, if they're pitching that to a recruiter well, is... Well, the thing about this You're way, never getting caught. One in 800 that are being prosecuted yeah. is what they're saying. You know... Get convicted? Yeah, and you don't know how many people. I mean, like I said, they don't even have laws in a lot of these countries for it. So that's what I'm saying. Like a lot of the times, it's like, why not do this? I'm not going to get caught. It could be just astronomical how much. That's what that guy was kind of saying. It's hard to get it because you don't really have the empirical data to go by to, you know, kind of chart how do we solve this problem. Which, by the way, probably means that the number of cases is higher than we think it is oh, because yeah. the data that we have is a lot less than we would like. Yeah, I think the cases. But what I looked up when I said we had a 19% increase, I think it was only like 120 cases that were brought federally in 2011. So it's not like a ton of cases, you know, I mean, for this, this is in the U.S. Yeah. So, but I mean, that's who got caught. You know what right. I mean? So who, that's why I said it's hard to tell. This is a very subjective 
topic and even those numbers were thrown out like was it like three and a half million or something people is that what you said originally uh yeah i was pretty close to that more to your point though Just Eric, go back and rewind find the it. <laughs> the prosecution side of things won't really solve the issue either no, because I know I, I know a lot of people. Actually, a lot of people just look at you know, like serial killers and murderers and uh, people who do bad things, and just go, "We need to punish that motherfucker. We need to just kill him. We need to put him in jail. We need to keep him, shoot him all like God sort him out. Put yeah. them all on an island and nuke it. Put them all on an island and nuke it. Um, with the gays. None of that really works, though. None of, well, that, of course not. If that but we're, we refuse to we're, change. We're 2,000 years deep into that process, and, and it hasn't stopped. We expect the problems of the world to change when we don't change ourselves. It's never going to happen. We have to actually make change. We have to change the way that we live. We have to change the way that we function as a society. We have to change the way that we treat each other. We're unwilling to do that. Try not to be a cunt. We're going to go off that philosophy. We... <laughs> It's the best philosophy I know. We instead are still stuck in this uh, scarcity myth. Um, we continue to not look at facts and numbers. Uh, we continue to let people just pretty much run amok and do what they want to do. And we don't try and change. We just sit here and bitch and moan. And nothing ever changes. And then what we're doing right now, sitting and bitching and moaning? Oh, yeah. It's no, no, no. This. I mean, that's that's what frustrates me the most about the things that we talk about and the issues that we bring up is that I know that they're never going to be solved because we cannot get over the idiocies of our past. We just can't get through it. Oh, by the way, on the note of idiocies of past and trying to change that, I finally saw the episode of Star Trek where uh, Jean-Luc Picard mentions that they don't have money in their society. Yeah. And it was not in Star Trek The Next Generation. It was in Star Trek First Contact. It was the movie. Okay. And he's explaining it to that. But they lady. explain they talk about that like in the first Star Trek too. Do they? Yeah. I never watched that yeah. entire series. Honestly, because I felt it was really campy. It's well, so fucking campy. You also had to keep in mind that Gene Roddenberry was he had to get ratings. Yeah. I mean, he wasn't very well known. He wasn't like a big shot. No, no, he had to like fine. do it's a just, power grab for ratings. Like, they have you seen? Have they you had seen George Takai's uh, Facebook page where he's got the little dog and it's got like a little horn on it. And it's like, just remember, this used to pass for an alien. <laughs> so it's a fucking dog. And yeah. They put a horn on his head, and that was it. Um, Campy. Like uh, Ohura, the the black lady that's in there. Mm-hmm. What's um, up, Ohura? Mm-hmm. Whenever they first aired that, the uh, the network came to him and they're like, uh, "You can't have her in that position in that role because she was a, a senior officer." There's a lot of positions. And he's like, "Why not?" And he's like, "Well, we we can't air that in the South." <laughs> and Gene Roddenberry just told him to fuck off. <laughs> like he seriously said, "Fuck you." Uh, the only one that they did win was um, he was trying to do a kind of a, a social. Uh, thing with uh, these two alien species one was uh, white the other was black uh, but the network didn't like that so instead if you watch like the original they just stripe them black white black white black white and the other one's like the opposite corresponding stripes <laughs> one's like vertical and the other's fucking it's a little, horizontal uh, it's a smart way to do it's it. It's like latitudes and look, longitudes. Why did? Why but did his ideas so were thinner? so progressive for the time that they were like, you can't do that. You can't have a, a black officer. You can't have these uh, social issues with with race. You what would be? What would be that. the the progressive minded thing now that wouldn't get aired? Like a gay main character? 
No, they, like they have that. What okay. what would actually it would be my ideas honestly I think like anarchy and <laughs> no government no money uh you have you have restrictions on uh birth control or not birth control but like birthing rates I guess mm. um you can't just endlessly pop out babies well, you actually you, have to have on, some kind of population you control. can't have no government and have population control certainly you enforcement can. how would you enforce it by the society that you live in. You don't have to have a government to tell you what what to do and what not to do. The sci- society can do that for you. I think we can hold each other that. We can hold each other accountable. And how you do that is through a process of education, not through laws and force. There's a difference. That's what people don't understand. When I talk about the things that I talk about, is they think that it's going to be a, a forced thing. It's going to be an educational process. Well, I got it an takes idea. Time. I don't think you want to do that because if you sterilize them, then you won't have all the children for these well, overseas see, workforces, which we, I found the numbers on that. We've seen what's happened when they go into population control mode like China did. China is now having to lift some of their restrictions because their their numbers are getting skewed uh, and they're having a lot more male babies than female babies. Yeah, we've Not about because those. of... Uh, the the people that are being birthed, but it's more or less the parents choosing which sex to birth yep. because men are more profitable and have a better shot at getting a good job and blah, 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 blah. So they're having a big issue over there with that. So it's obvious that the government way of doing things is not working either. So I'm not saying force by any means. That's not what I mean when I talk about the things that I talk about. I mean, it's a communal educational thing. And I'm sorry, but if you're just too stupid and you can't understand, then you're not going to be part of the conversation. That's just how it rolls. It would be a, a communal thing, and it wouldn't even be like a country thing. It wouldn't fucking exist in my world. There wouldn't be countries, borders, boundaries, none of that shit. You would have your villages, and you guys would do your fucking thing. If you didn't like the way the villages run, you'd go to the next one that was more accommodating to you. It's kind of how it is now, isn't it? Like we don't know like Texas, not at all. You can't cross the border of Texas. I mean, you can, but it's still you have to. You have to adhere to statism when you do that. I'm not really sure that people really want to be farmers. I'm not saying you have to be farmers, dude. Our technology has grown so far. No, I'm saying that like you have to feed yourselves, though. There's so many. I know. Tech, once again, technology has grown so far. The reason why we still do some of the archaic things that we do mm-hmm. is because it's not monetarily beneficial to go that far in the future and actually have the technology available to where you can just sit around on your ass and do nothing. I know, but everything you're talking about literally does fly in the face of how people really are. Like, this is such a dream world. Oh, yeah. I mean, Well, they they said the same shit about some other people, too. No, you know when this will take place? When society collapse. Like I always say, when we run out of oil. That's actually exactly true. No, because we won't learn our fucking lesson. We'll grow up and we'll do all this other shit, and then we'll do the same fucking crap over again. Because we're too fucking stupid to get past ourselves. It's true because mm-hmm. history does repeat itself because we don't learn from mistakes. Which something you should consider is that's probably because it's human nature to compete over resources. Once again, there's no such thing as human nature. Why? It's conditioning. It, you know what? That's a little so. true. It's like when people say that's abnormal. Well, what the? who the fuck? I'm sorry, well, but it's incorrect. Like, you know, it's incorrect. Weird, but you're not. The things that you are genetically born to do is eat and poop and sleep. So Everything else is taught. There's a difference. That's not nature. You're taught. Hmm. You're developed into it. Yeah, I mean, I don't think we 
Can if that were true, it's like cars. the joke. Like, if that were I mean? true, though, the problem with that is you're you're really not considering that there are a million archetypes of different cultures that do the same type of thing. Like, there's always like some sort of Christ-like figure in, especially all the major religions and it such. It makes sense, though. They've found the region in our brain that creates a god. Okay, and so also that, but we have major. we have an inquisitive mind our minds are so big that we have to know the reason behind things otherwise it bothers the crap out yeah, of us yeah i mean that's how if you cannot explain it what else are you going to chalk it up to besides a god and that's well, i would say that we have a lot of things see. We, we don't label human nature quite like we should like for instance people, i agree with that people think that uh and that's why i try and get away materialistic from that. that's why i try nature. and get away from that term yeah because it's, it's not really human nature in the term in which people associate it with uh, I would agree, but you'd have to like you have to broaden your sp- scope a lot when you say things like that. And one of the things that you'd have to say is, if it is human nature, you would see it in every culture. That's because why I try. Well, in, even still, once again, the only things that you see in human nature or in every culture, every culture would be are archetypes. Eating. I get some for you guys. Pooping and sleeping. For the next show, <laughs> there's more to it than that. For the next show, there's something I want to get into. It's more money. economics, like the, it's more money related, Honestly, but it's, it's on it's a, a different. It's a, there wasn't money in every culture. And if you look in human history, there is a monetary structure. In fact, we have fucked up monetary structures, and I'll tell you how. There's a tribe that we walked into, and their monetary structure was stone axes. And we if you had really good stone axes, yeah, it was basically tech. If you had economy. Well, yeah, what we would do is we were like, you know what? We could help these people. We're going to hand them steel axes. And we just made them across the board equal. They did not know how to fucking handle that. They waged war with each other and fucking killed everyone in the village. I mean, besides... Like, we literally collapsed But even society. still, look at the Native Americans. <laughs> besides for trading with other tribes, they really didn't have any kind of value behind any things. Whatever was in the tribe the was trade, communal. The trade was it, and I would agree with that. But the thing is... Once again, it's a competition. The only thing you can say that's human nature is things compete for resources. Yeah. Because your monetary structure doesn't have to include money. It could be barter and trade, but that's small, right? It's not like a you know industrial type thing. But here's the thing: the thing that I don't that, that people God, this isn't even about trafficking anymore. Nope. No. The thing that people Derail. the thing that people don't uh, understand about human nature is like they'll look at America and like this is human nature. Our society is human nature, and all this material shit that we have is human nature. All you have to do to say no, that's not true, is point to one instance in human history where that hasn't been their society. Native Americans is one because they were just like, I don't really want anything because that just makes me slower when I go and hunt. Yeah. It makes it hard to move it around. Wasn't part of their thing. It's not. I don't want to stay still. So anytime you look at nomadic tribes. You have to include their cultures as well when you discuss human nature. The one thing that you can say about economics and monetary stuff is every single culture that has ever existed and every being on this planet competes for resources. That's yes. about it. Because j- if what you're I'm eating, you have to compete with someone else. We have the mental capacity and the technology to get rid of that. Mm. And what I'm we saying, we can evolve to the next step. I saw World's Dumbest we, about 15, 20 minutes before the show. We refuse to do it. I don't. I don't think that's going to happen. We refuse to do it. <laughs> what I'm saying is, human trafficking is today's <laughs> today's version of slavery, and we're not going to stand for it anymore. We're rising up, and Boggs is going to go fucking solve the issue with his financial with political campaign. His political campaign. I'm running for, what am I running for? I know, we'll figure out something for Oh, you. by the way, they are doing something that's a huge step as far as uh, my kind of ideal culture and having technology be the forefront. Um, they are starting, I believe it's in Sweden, uh, to build a house from a 3D printer. Mm. 
Define build? What, what are we talking about? Well, like a Barbie you know house? What a, you know what a 3D printer is, right? I'm aware of what a 3D printer is. Okay, yeah. They're building a house using but a But just for printer. those at home, <laughs> explain to me what a 3D printer is, Eric. <laughs> God damn him. It's pretty self-explanatory, but... It's a printer um, in 3D? It, it uses different kinds of materials. It really depends on which 3D printer you have. Uh, but it can go from like just wax kind of... They almost look like sculptures. Um, up to heavier things, uh, not necess- more like ceramics, okay. like heavy-duty ceramics and stuff like that. Um, but they are starting to use these 3D printers to build a house, an entire house, functioning fully. Nice. And you know what they're going to have? They're going to have children putting it together. No. Oh. it's a, I think, okay, anyway. Because so. they're going to use human traffickers. <laughs> God damn, he's trying but to tie the, it together. I'm trying he's to, trying to tie it together. I'm this trying so hard to bring this back into. F- this technology has been bears. around for a while, but the reason why we haven't used it is because it's not economically viable. It costs too much. You know what it is? It cannot, it if we didn't have viable. money, it wouldn't be having an issue. Kids building, and we would have. We probably would be in a, a fucking 3D printed house right now if we didn't have money. The first room's the bedroom, so you can have sex with them. Okay, here's the numbers. I found it after 20 minutes. The International Labor Organization. Claims that 15.5 million children aged 5 to 17 work in domestic uh, work as domestic workers. So those are your factory workers and stuff. Yeah. Kids 5 to 17, 15.5 well, million. Yeah, the the made, real made young the pants ones. I'm wearing. Uh, yeah, they they do a lot of the more um, skilled jobs. I think mm-hmm. um, sewing and such. And then also in India, the the diamond industry uses young children a lot because. Uh, their fingers are really good for carving up the uh, diamonds and making them look the way they're supposed to. There you go, ladies. When you want that fucking so, ring on your finger, yeah. yeah. So the blood yeah, of small children's on the that blood diamond, diamond thing is not necessarily as prevalent as it was back in the '90s and stuff. But guess what? You're still having a little Indian boy carve that son of a bitch for you. I hope you're fucking happy. Oh, well, and then the domestic workers, ninety percent of them are girls, so. Oh, just look at your little daughters in the eyes and just think of uh, someone else's little daughter carving your yeah. little love stone out. Well, here's the thing. <laughs> I mean, even if you tell it to their face, they don't give a shit. They're still going to want that fucking diamond. <sighs> yeah, they don't care. Because the fact yeah, of the matter is, is that we do not. It's something that we don't isn't hold seen. human life at a high value besides for the people that are directly around you. Who needs them? No, I want people directly around you. Or the people that are what? third degree, fourth degree away from you. Next show, I want you guys get you guys going again on this shit. There's a thing that Switzerland... <laughs> no, actually, I was going to I was gonna tell you guys, you know what we should do as a show next week? What? Technology. Where it started. What are, what are the first machines we had built? You know what I'm saying? Like, the like, machines that build machines. Mean? Like, vibrators? You mean, like, actual machines, not yeah, just, like, tools? like, industrial machines. Like, when mm. we start making Because technology goes... Well, technology was like, we made a back. stick. It was actually kind of funny, because... Yeah, exactly. Um, there was some lady that was at this bar one time and she was talking about how she wasn't going to use technology for a week and I just started laughing at her and she's like what's so funny I was like you're drinking out of a glass she's like yeah so like that's technology you do realize that right (laughs) if you don't use technology you're pretty much laying in the grass and you're using your hands to rip off your food and eat it (laughs) like you're not (laughs) you can't even really wipe your ass with leaves (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I actually can't because <laughs> technically that is that just is a, a, like you're like you a dog. You just put your yeah, ass on the ground. Just and poop just as scoot. you go. 
spread them cheeks. Hope you don't have diarrhea. Like, she, I couldn't. I was like, you, maybe you need to think that one through again. Or just tell people that you're not going to use electronics. There that, you go. That's yeah, probably yeah. more likely. That's what she meant. Anyway, what I was going to say is... Uh, Does that mean she can't drive, though, because those have electronic components? No, shut up. Exactly. Switzerland passed a thing called, or they're trying to work on it, called basic income. And I want to discuss that with you two knuckleheads next week. I'll get into the premise, or whenever we do the next show, because yeah. God knows what bogs will fucking pull on us. Um, <laughs> but that's a good one for you, because it's economics, and I think it... I think I'm back to normal. It plays into this equilibrium economic thing a little bit that you like. It kind of equals the playing field. So we'll talk about that. Um, I want to go out. I wanted to kind of give you guys a couple of examples. These are a couple cases that went through the U.S. for human trafficking, which was the topic, which we did quite a bit on. It was. So I just wanted to, because like a lot of times we talk about this, it's all like I was talking about, you know, these little sweatshops or we talk about the sex trade or something, but you know, there's a lot of other cases that aren't exactly what they appear. Um, for instance, this one, uh, Maud Pollen, she's a middle school teacher. She was sentenced for bringing a 14 year old Haitian girl to Miami, Florida to be her domestic servant. Uh, she kept the girl, uh, basically barred up for six years uh, threatened to have her jailed, deported. She beat her, everything. It didn't give her a chance to go to school. Didn't pay her any money. Um, so finally, after six years, she escaped, and that's how this woman got caught. But, I mean, that's, you know, girl from Haitia, 14-year-old girl. She just yeah. brought her into the country. Hey, guess what? You're going to be my slave now. Well, they had something on NPR that was about uh, UN ambassadors in the United States that would bring over, like, their people you know, I saw, and, uh, I saw yeah, one of them got in some deep shit because it was slave labor. Yeah, I saw something had. in one of the reports where something like that, where foreign nationals were doing that kind of stuff, too. And uh, they actually brought up a really good question, and the guy had uh, a legit answer. Uh, but the question was, is, well, when we have a U.S. ambassador that goes overseas, are they using local labor at local prices, or yeah. what are they doing? And uh, the, the answer was is that, at least we're being good on this front and we are trying to show people how we do things and we pay people decent wages and all that stuff well, as far as when we go overseas. If they're our ambassadors, when they're over there, they're still considered, I mean, they're still American citizens. They should live like wherever, the, I don't know, the consulate, the, wherever it is. The embassy yeah, or whatever. but I mean, that so was they a legit should, question. They have to That's... obey our law still. Um, I mean, they should be subject to our laws. They, yeah, yeah, they do. So they can't, they yeah. shouldn't get away with that. That's what I'm saying. That, that's a good. That's good information to know. Look that up, Boggs. Double check what we're saying. Okay. For uh, seven years, <laughs> here's another one. Seven years. Uh, these are some fucked up names. Sorapada Lubis and his wife kept eleven undocumented Indonesian women in the basement of their Falls Church, Virginia home. Um, this is messed up. They kept them in as living housekeepers, but then they also made them go work for like their rich neighbors and stuff. And they would get paid, but then they had to give all their money to these uh, people, this uh, Sibidor Lubis and his wife. They kept all their money and stuff and said, it's rent and taxes for you to live here. And they wouldn't allow them to send any money home to their families or anything. They kept them there for 10 years. I mean, it's amazing that they get away with it. And like I said, other people knew about it because they're sending them out to fucking clean their goddamn homes and everything. And then this was uh, the last one. I pulled this one specifically because it's more local for us. Um, Emmanuel and Nazi Naja were sentenced for keeping a Nigerian woman as their domestic servant for nine years. They uh, lured the widow mother of six 
six kids she has, to Arlington, Texas, with promises of a salary and support for, this has happened a couple of years ago, uh, of salary and support for her children. But what they do is they isolated her and they um, forbid her to have go to church, um, go out on her own. She didn't get any days off or anything. Um, they said very seldom she would let them contact her family and stuff, but uh, they confiscated all of her documents. That was a theme amongst this. They take all the documents yeah. away from them. All, in this case, they actually did like sexually assault her and beat her and stuff. And then, you know, of course, she finally was able to get away too. But I mean, a lot of these, like I said, six years, seven years, you know, t- I mean, it's amazing how long they keep them. Just like, you know, I kind of made jokes about the whole Cleveland thing. The guy's able to keep those three girls in the basement for 10 years. It's like, that's really not as uncommon as it seems. It seems yeah. like that happens quite a bit more than you would think, but those are just a few cases. So, so there you go. That's the kind of shit disgusting that's going to on. one another. Yeah. So yep. it goes on every day and you know, people just overlook it. They don't give a shit. Well, I hope this episode cheered you up. Yeah. <laughs> are you happy now? Boggs? I can see Boggs is like, nope. Oh, he's just, Boggs isn't going to sing us a song on the way out. you going to do some acapella for us? No. God. He's so beaten, isn't he? Right. He's kind of sweet. <laughs> little beaten Boggs. Oh. I'm going to go pat him on the head when we're done. If you touch me, I will fucking kill you. No. Oh All right, God. folks, make sure to go to <laughs> our website, intellectualsaviors.com. Make sure to check us out on Podbean, which was down the other day, those assholes. Yep. Um, killing right. us. Check us out we'll on iTunes, Facebook. Twitter, at fuck yourself. The Intel Savior. Tune in. Stitcher, Stitcher. What? Joe Mama. Um, what? Go fuck yourself. Google us. That's not a site. Uh, go to the ne- no, severely neglected sage advice YouTube channel. <laughs> someday we'll have new material up on it. It'll never happen. All right, mm. folks. Have, have a, a peaceful fucking day. Oh, happy 2014. He is sweet. <laughs> <laughs> I said turn off.